Good afternoon, short-term shoppers. You are now in the short-term show special episode series on the Western North Carolina mountains. So this is everywhere from Asheville all the way down to Bryson City, basically that entire southwestern corner of the state. We're going to be doing a deep dive, 10 episodes worth of content on investing in this part of North Carolina. Now, we do have some supplemental materials for you over on our website, things like purchase prices of investment properties in this market, as well as the AirDNA income data. Thank you, friends over at AirDNA. So if you guys want to know uh, what all of these properties cost, you know, the different purchase prices, you can see that on the shorttermshop.com, as well as the income data. You can find that there too. If you guys want to buy an investment property in Western North Carolina with a short-term shop agent, email us at agents at the shorttermshop.com and we will get you hooked up. Or if you just have more questions, you want to come hang out with us some more. We've got a great Facebook group with a wonderful community of investors over at short-term rental, long-term wealth, same title as my book. And if you guys want to chat with us live anytime, we've got a call every Thursday and you can join that at strquestions.com. We look forward to seeing you over there. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Short Term Show special episode series on the North Carolina, Western North Carolina mountains, um, southwestern corner of the state, not the high country. And uh, today we're talking about calendars and pricing. So a lot of familiar faces here. Uh, Jay, will introduce you first. Go ahead. Hey, Jay Lawrence here. I am the short-term shop agent out in awesome Western North Carolina, uh, investor out here as well, and uh, looking to help you out. All right. Next, we have Julie McCoy. Julie, you want to introduce yourself really quick? Hey, everybody. I'm Julie McCoy. I'm the uh, sales manager for the short-term shop and a long-time vacationer in Western North Carolina, so happy to help you all out. And last, we have... Luke, don't make faces while we're on Zoom. Carl. The shaman of short-term, Airbnb. Yes, uh, all the titles. Uh, yep. Um, financially free since 2018. Uh, life is good. I, uh, I've got the, uh, I've got a lot of short-term rentals and a lot of uh, experience uh, under my belt and uh, Great to uh, be here and thank you for having me. All right. So let's talk about calendars and pricing. So first let's talk about the high season. And we talked about this a little bit in past episodes. So high season is typically March to October-ish, but then November and December are also pretty good, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, absolutely. And actually November, December were the best months kind of consistently across the board. So um you know, we, we had a really awesome summer, um, just on average, but, uh, you know, as it, cre- it did creep down, like in, you know, the August, September started ramping down and then just boom, like November, December were significantly higher than July. So that's pretty oh, awesome. Do you think that is more true, like around the ski areas or just kind of across the board? Cause it, I know you've got polar express, which is like booked out for years, by the way, I tried to look into that for our kids and you cannot get in. Maybe I'll pull some strings for you, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no, I think it has a lot to do with, we do have a lot of retirees up here from Florida, like a lot. 
And uh, I think a, a lot of the traffic is is uh, people coming up here to visit for the holidays, you know, coupled with all of the you know stuff that you can do like Polar Express. And, you know, even in the areas that don't have winter activities, they still had a, you know, November, December were awesome for them. So, you know, I, th- I think it's more that the people are coming up here to visit for the holidays. You know, that's kind of where I'm seeing it. All right. And Luke and Julie, well, not necessarily not Jay, but Luke and Julie do a lot of education on calendars and pricing. So what is your strategy? We're looking at a a five week ish, give or take, depending on the size of the property lead time average in this market. So let's talk about, well, calendars first, minimum night stays, maximum night stays, all that. Yeah, I think you're going to be looking at, you know, the size of your property and and enemy method. And you want to maximize the length of stay within reason for your size of property. Um, and so be sensitive to the seasons as you're, you know, if you've got a one or two bedroom property, then you may have more flexibility and be more consistent over the months than if you have a larger property that's a little more tied to holidays in the school seasons. So keep those things in mind as you're setting your minimum nights. Um, so you probably want to try and uh, try and get those longer bookings for the bigger properties first, especially with an eye to holidays and school vacation times. Um, smaller properties, you know, you can be more flexible on that front. But I always like to try and get you know, longer bookings further out. And then, uh, then fill in the gaps as they appear in my calendar. And Price Labs is a great tool to help with that. Luke, you don't have anything to add? Yeah, I mean, you, Julie nailed it. You know, a lot of that has to do with <laughs> size of your property. I think, uh, I, I think there is a lot of overthinking in that aspect, uh, oftentimes. Um, and let's not forget that you can change those numbers. I think it's just from a management perspective. You know, it goes back to my early days and when I was trying to decide to be pet friendly or not. And uh, I was sitting there agonizing over it. And eventually I said, you know what? This house already has my very first uh, short term. This house, you know, the floors aren't that great. It's got vinyl floors. Um, it, uh, it pro- and we had, we have, we're dog people. So I was like, let me, let me do the dog thing. 85 bucks extra or whatever it was back at the time. And, um, and I did that for a while and I hated it and I agonized over it. And then it just, it did for whatever reason, it didn't click in my brain that you can just change that and stop taking dogs. Right. And, and so I was like, wow, um, I could just change my system. You know, it's basically like a, a version of getting upstream here. Um, and so same thing with, uh, with minimum night stay, if it's not working for you, just change it. It's as simple as that, you know? So I, I, I do, I would base it on the size of the property personally. I'm going to go one, one night stays on anything under, you know, like a one and a half bedroom or a two bedroom, which in mountain markets such as this is, are fairly common. Um, and uh, uh, I don't think that's for everybody. Um, I think that uh, I think that one night, you know, one nighters are more work in most cases. And you, you, you really need to have your systems in place to make sure you're kind of keeping out the, uh, the riffraff, if you will. Um, and really all we do with that is just, you know, upfront, just set the expectation. And, um, and, and, uh, you know, you might want to start like a two night minimum on a two bedroom or something like that. And then, um, and then the, the larger the property may be more not minimum night stay. Uh, but I think the most important thing to remember there is, uh, you can always change that and tweak it based on, based on quite frankly, uh, whether it's being a pain in your rear end or not. Yeah. Yeah. And I think an important thing, I'm sorry, Jay, go ahead. No, I was just going to add that, uh, you know, in some places like, you know, Bryson City with the Polar Express, there are a lot of people that just drive in from the state, stay one night and then go home, you know, 
But, uh, you know, you got to examine that and make sure that's, you know, for you. And Bryson City itself is not a party town. So, I mean, that aspect you don't kind of have to worry about. But it would definitely be something you would look into for, you know, by area. Yeah. And I think, a you know, a general rule of thumb is don't allow one night stays by locals, especially if they're last minute bookings. So that's a thing to kind of keep in mind if you're going to play in the one night only space, which there's definitely a place for that. And there's plenty of people who are just looking for a single night without, you know, without wanting to throw a big party and tear up your place. So knowing your market, um, this is the better strategy with small properties. I wouldn't do it with big ones, generally speaking. But, um, but yeah, there's a lot of flexibility there and price labs is an amazing tool to kind of do this and automatically, um, I've got mine set up so that if you're booking X number of days in advance, then there's a minimum stay that's longer than if you're booking, you know, sooner. And, um, and it's also set so that if I wind up with, you know, a two day gap in my calendar, then you're still allowed to book those two days, regardless of how far in advance it is. So I get to plug the hole. Um, so there, there are lots of settings where you can, you know, make this work for you. Um, you know, just because we're talking about all these different nuances doesn't mean that you have to be in there manually adjusting things all the time. You want to pay attention to it, but a lot of this can be automated. Awesome. So in this market, what is your price? I mean, sorry, your calendar strategy in terms of how far out you're opening your calendar. So some people do it one way. I've seen people uh, keep it, keep their calendar closed until we're like right up on the dates to try and get the highest prices possible for people like scrambling in the high season. What's, what's your guys advice there? I would be six months on this, uh, on this market. Um, that's just me. I, I like to be a little less available in most cases. Um, and, uh, and Maggie Valley does have that huge, uh, summertime push, you know, so, um, I, personally, I do a custom calendar on all my properties and, um, in general, they're fairly similar regardless of market, quite frankly. Um, and I think this, uh, this market is going to be, would be this same category for me. I, I, uh, in the springtime would have, you know, all the way probably through, well, it depends on what time of spring, if it's late spring, I would have all the way through like, you know, end of October, maybe first week or two in November available. I don't know that I'd be willing to book uh, uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas as early as say, you know, March. Uh, I think that's personally a little too early for me to be playing around with that, but no reason to ha not have those open if you want to, uh, as far as uh, uh, the holidays, the major holidays, but have them super high if you're gonna have them open that early. Um, and then I think as far as when, you know, uh, July, August rolls around. I'm probably going to go ahead and open my my uh, uh, January and February. Um, now, of course, we do have skiing here, uh, so you don't have to go as far in advance in this market as as say the Tennessee side or or somewhere that doesn't have skiing, um, because uh, there, there's there's attractions in the winter. So that's that's awesome. You know, I, I usually um, will open in, in an area where my January and February are slow, like a beach. Um, I will go ahead and open January and February super early because there's no reason not to. I think in this market, you could probably wait on that just a, a bit longer if you were so inclined. I mean, again, there's no right or wrong way to do this here. Um, but, uh, I personally don't like to be like super, super available, meaning like a year or more, um, because, uh, it's just really more, more than I want to deal with. And, and uh, again, you know, most bookings are going to happen within 45 days anyway, um, so again, we could talk about this all day long, but, uh, 
but uh, I'd love to hear everybody else's. I know, I know Julie's been going to this market her whole life, you know, and, and has family there. So. Well, and I have a different strategy for my availability. Like I keep all my calendars open for a year in advance, but um, you know, I accomplish the same point that Luke does just in a different way. So I have my pricing set so that if you are booking eight months in advance or somewhere, you know, or a holiday or something like that, my prices are super high. So I'm discouraging people from booking that high, but if they really want it that bad and are willing to pay me extra money, pay me a premium to do it, I'm happy to take the reservation. So when I'm looking at far out bookings, the pricing is high enough that if someone really wants to book, then I'm more than happy to take it. Um, I don't feel like I'm leaving money on the table because it's all priced at a premium. Yeah. And one more thing to note there, um, Julie's way is, is probably a little better than mine uh, in a lot of cases, because the more availability you have on your calendar, um, again, no scientific, you know, we can't uh, quantify the algorithms, right? Algorithm is like a big buzzword in this business. Uh, but, you know, mo most folks are of the opinion that the more availability you have on your calendar, the better your algorithms will be because a bunch of blocks basically tells the system, hey, this house isn't really all that available. Uh, so let's go ahead and maybe send more traffic to a house that is more available. So I, I think we're, we're really split, splitting hairs when we get to stuff that's like seven, eight months into the future. Uh, but uh, if you're super, you know, uh, hyper focused on your algorithms and you're in, you know, like a rank raise type of a person, um, then, then probably having that 12 month calendar with the high future prices might be a little better for you than the way I, I typically do it. Um, which has actually got me thinking maybe it's time to open my Christmas uh, <laughs> as we are uh, entering what I think we're recording this in almost May here. So uh, if that helps anybody. Yeah, let's talk about Rank Breeze for a minute. Julie, do you use Rank Breeze? You know, I gave it a trial. I mean, they have a very brief trial period of you know, like one, maybe two weeks. Um, so I will admit it's not really enough time to you know, get a feel for it. I know there are people who swear by rank breeze. I didn't find a lot of value in it, though. Maybe it's because I didn't give it enough of a chance. My main issue is that, you know, it will give you all these data points, but it only gives you a new assessment like every 24 hours. So if you make a change, you have to wait until the next day to find out if that change you made had an impact. And you can, you know, there's mechanisms where you can do this manually and see an immediate change in the algorithm. So I was not a fan of having to wait that long to see if, you know, one change or another was making a difference. If How I, do you, you do know, that manually? I've, so with a manual thing, and I have stood on the shoulders of other people who have figured this out, um, and I don't have it down to a science, but Essentially, if you have an incognito browser open and you're just, you know, the incognito browser is really essential to be able to get an objective view of where your property is appearing in the search because Airbnb knows when you are the one searching and they will show you your properties ranked really high. They want to flatter you and they know that you spend a lot of time on that property, et cetera. So if you're just logged into Airbnb and you're just like, hey, look, my property's on the first page, that is not an accident. It is not there all the time for all people. That is there for you. So you need an incognito browser, not be logged into Airbnb to see where your property actually is in the rankings. And you know, apply some filters, look for a date range that you know is open and you know is a reasonable length of time 
you know, if you've got a bigger property and make sure you set the guest count to be appropriate for the size of property, you know, don't just have, you know, don't be searching for two guests and you're looking at where your four bedroom is going to rank. Like have some basic filters that are appropriate for your property and, um, you know, and see where, see where it shows up. This is very time consuming and tedious, by the way. Um, then in a separate browser, but, you know, best if it's a different, <coughs> excuse me, a different type of browser altogether, then you can be in your listing and actually making changes on the fly. Let me change these photos. Let me change this headline. Let me change some pricing. Let me, uh, you know, tweak my cleaning fee a little bit, whatever the thing is that you're changing, do that, make that change, close out your incognito browser, open a new one and do the search again, see what happens. So again, this is very tedious. However, you can see live changes that happen, and uh, you know, thirty minutes of time can get my get get my listing up from you know page fifteen in the dumps into page three or four. Um, sometimes get it all the way up to one or two. So you just have to kind of keep tweaking it, and that's a great way to do it. Yeah, I have some thoughts there. So um, it, it, it's change is the key word. It's all about change. Um, and Julie said that word several times and she's exactly right. Uh, here's a, here's a perfect example. I recently uh, was poking around on an incognito browser, trying to find my properties on the map on both of Verbo and Airbnb. Um, which I normally don't do that. Don't care. And here, here's the deal. Back when I first started, uh, Verbo, yeah, tons of people. It's been around 30 years, but Airbnb was new at the time and there was really not a lot of people on there. So I always used to do the, um, not exact location on my map uh, because I didn't want people to be able to pinpoint exactly where my house was. And back then it was fine because there was nobody else really using Airbnb. On Verbo, it did get a little hairy because again, it's been around for a million years. Uh, but now there's so many properties on Airbnb, which uh, which leads me to the saturation thing. I'm, I'll get to that. Um, if you don't have exact location, it's almost like it's more difficult to find your property. Now, not that anybody's even really going to be looking at the map uh, occasionally, maybe if you're looking for a specific location, but I have switched. I have switched recently because of this, because there are so many more properties on Airbnb uh, than there used to be when I first started to the exact location. And then boom, boom, there's my house. Um, and does, does anybody care about any of that? Eh, probably not. But, uh, um, and, and speaking of all those other properties that are now on there, they weren't there when I first started. Uh, they were still for rent. <laughs> they were just for rent other places, you know, on mostly on like your mom's cabin.com or your, your, your sister's uh, beachhouse.com. And now we have this marketplace known as Airbnb. Everything's in a centralized location. Um, and <laughs> yes, so uh, it's, it's, it's been, a, it's been a little bit of a, you know, a change in the, in the, uh, in the marketing of, in the industry um, and, and somewhat unrelated to what, uh, anybody's talking about here, but I bring that up because if you don't pay attention in this business, this is my point. If you don't pay attention in this business, you will get left behind. Hundred percent, it's changing all the time. It's a technology business, um, so uh, make sure you're checking stuff all the time. And as far as rank raise is concerned, I I had the exact same experience as Julie. Uh, I, I tried it a few times actually. Every single time I logged in and my properties were the first page, the first properties on the first page. Now, I do take very much pride in being the world's greatest enemy. A matter of fact, I want to get a hat and a T-shirt that says I'm the world, world's greatest enemy. Uh, and if you don't know what that means, enemymethod.com. 
Uh, it's basically just, you know, comparing yourself to the competition. I mean, Walmart does it. Walmart does the enemy method on toothbrushes. You know what I mean? So um, I, I take a lot of pride in being the world's greatest enemy. And in order to be that, I have to be the best. And therefore, I should be. If I'm not that, then I, sh that, uh, you know, I, I need to be I need to be that to be on the first page. And, and if I'm not on the first page, I'm not doing my job. That's just me. I just I have to be better than everybody else. And I've been doing this a really long time. So. I logged into Rank Priest. I had a completely different perspective than somebody coming into it and brand new. You know, uh, somebody brand new is buried at the bottom, and and they're like trying to fight and claw and and, and get themselves to the top. And so here's my here's my thing with Rank Priest, um, or any kind of tool that tells you how you're ranked. I, I don't think there are any other ones really, but uh, uh, maybe some some gurus are, are doing it. I don't know, but um, it. I hear a lot of times where they say, well, I did, I made this change and then it dropped me two pages down on rank breeze. And I'm just like, well, just wait two more days. It's going to change again, you know? Um, so don't get too caught up in it. Um, I think if you only have one or two properties, it could be if you're doing it, you know, if you're kind of overthinking it and doing it wrong, um, it could be a little detrimental. But I, as a matter of fact, I had a conversation with yesterday with a guy who's a full-time short-term property manager, a third party, and he uses it on a day-to-day -day basis with his properties to kind of check where they are. And it's a system. Anything can work if it's a system. If you're just willy nilly going around signing up for different softwares every freaking day and don't really pay attention to them. And, and like you look at it for two seconds and you let you let you, you, you have, it drives you crazy. Uh, then it's a problem. But uh, if you, if you implement it into a day-to-day -day system and set aside, you know, here's my rank brace time this week or whatever it is, then absolutely we can have success there. Well, I think there's a use in having something that will tell you where your property's ranked without you having to do the manual digging. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's just a question of how much time investment you have and, uh, you know, the length of turnaround time in rain breeze, if they could make that faster. I mean, I understand they can't have the system like, you know, querying Airbnb, you know, millions of times a day. I get that. But at the same time, like once a day is not enough. So if it was, you know, even if it was like a refresh every 30 minutes to make the system manageable on the technology side, you know, I, I would find that a lot more user-friendly. Um, but yeah, that's my perspective. I think there's a place for something like that. It's not something I'm interested in at this time because I get more, I get more out of it um, just playing around manually. And sometimes change for the sake of change is good. And actually, sorry, um, I also wanted to mention for a while, I mean, I knew that change, you know, Airbnb wants to see you engaging with your listing. So they want to see you making changes and things like that. For a while, I thought that, you know, well, I've got price labs. It's changing prices every day. So shouldn't that satisfy the algorithm as far as, you know, I'm engaged with my listing and making consistent changes? But that doesn't seem to be the case. I think they've controlled for things like that at this point. And so they want to see more manual engagement um, that you know, requires your actual time and effort. So my thing is with it, again, just uh, we're way off on a tangent here and that's okay. Uh, it's all related to your calendar. I, right? I think people, yeah, I think listeners will get a lot of value out of out of it. So keep going. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. My thing about what, what I hear is that, a lot of noobs that come in, they sign up for rank breeze and they see their properties on like page 27 and then they're like, oh my God. And then they have to go back to work. And then all, this just creates a bunch of anxiety. You know, oh my God, I'm never going to be able to get to page number one. I'm back at work and I'm trying to do this, I'm that, I'm my kids and this and this. And um, I guess, I mean, again, as a guy that's been doing this a long time and people don't want to listen to me when I say this, 
just don't overthink it. Get in there and rent a kick-ass product and the people will come. Yeah. You know, and when you're, you, when you're up in the search too, I mean, like I know it's a little off to the side, but you know, that, that cover picture, you have 15 seconds to capture somebody's attention to click on that. And, um, you know, even if they don't book it, they clicked on it. So. Yeah. I think that's really important point is the, you know, professional photography cannot be overstated. The importance is absolutely key to have, you know, just remember, like, just like Jay said, as they're scrolling through the list, your photo is going to have to be what captures them. So spend a few hundred bucks to get a pro out there. It You will make it back in no time. It will cost absolutely. you so much more money to not do that. And, um, and yeah, so think about like what, you know, what are your most attractive features? What are the things that are going to suck people in? Make them want to investigate your property further. Your photo, especially now with the way Airbnb formats things, your headline doesn't matter nearly as much. It's mostly truncated. Um, so your photo is essential. Don't slack on that. And yeah. play around with different ones. Sometimes just making yeah. a change there will make a difference. Yeah, that's true. You know, have the same one, but have one that's twilight. You know, those twilight shots have been doing really well, especially for like listing houses up here. But I know, Luke, you like to buy the ones with the bad pictures, but that's <laughs> <laughs> in everything. I saw that from everything. But, but, but we're listing. But, yeah. but when you list them, you want them to look good. Oh, I got a great cabin off some bad photos. Oh, mm. yeah. I saw one not two days ago. Like I talk about this all the time, and not that everybody listens to me or knows who I am, but. This agent definitely knows who I am and we've done a ton of deals together and I know that they listen to the podcast and I always am like, oh my God, why do people not put professional photos on their listings? This agent two days ago, it's like, hey, I got this off market thing. He's posting it on Facebook and he's like, it's not available to the public yet. And I look at it in the pictures. They, of course, they want a premium for it. The pictures are terrible, like a a screenshot, not, not a real screenshot. Like they took their phone and took a picture of their computer screen. I'm like, dude, you've been doing this for at least 10 years. You know, better than to not. And I almost joked him, like I almost roasted him a little bit. And I was like, no, I'm just gonna let him do it. But yeah, guys, whether you're an agent listing a house or you are a short-term rental, I almost said manager, short-term rental investor, who's putting a house on hey, Airbnb hey. and Verbo, you have got to have professional photos and i'm really 100. tired of telling you guys well here, here's another thing kenny powers i'm really trying not to be an asshole to you guys right now. <laughs> <laughs> just watch that actually <laughs> love that show love that yeah, guy. that's great um anyway that's like one the very little comedy that luke and i agree on is uh what's his name danny mcbride yeah uh, he's awesome he's so awesome but uh, hey, i'm gonna make another point this is really goes back to being a good buyer it goes back to being a good buyer you need to be able to look at a listing and know what was in that listing agent's head? Like, okay, this listing agent sucked. This listing agent is going to be a pain in their rear end. I, for instance, I had one. We had one yesterday. Avery sent me off market or whatever. Beautiful photos. And it had like 200 just gorgeous high-end photos, drone, video, two two separate, like a major motion picture Scorsese type videos. And I'm like, man, this house beautiful. is freaking nice, right. man. He was like, let's go buy it. I'm like, just just make an offer. I don't even need to see it. Just make an offer. And then, uh, again, being a good buyer, I sat down and because I was getting interested. I was like, this is a nice house, you know. And and so I dug a little deeper, and I found the old MLS listing. Because what happened was is I get I get so obsessed. I was scrolling through these pictures, and uh, I saw uh, – uh, not a PTAC. It was a, um, you know uh, – 
uh, mini split. And, uh, and I'm like, wait a minute. No, 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 no. Cause it looked like a brand new build. I'm like, there ain't no way that this house in this market at this, uh, price point would have been built with a mini split in this particular room, maybe in a garage or something. Okay. So I went and I, I just Googled the address and I found an old MLS listing and sure enough, they bought it for like less than a quarter of what they're asking. And it was a flip. And, and the original listing was 2,800 square feet. The new listing is 4,300 square feet. And so they added on to it and none of that and stuff. By the way, you know, Luke is positively offended by yeah. houses being added on to. It's not real. It's not, not a real, real part of the house. It doesn't exist. It's like fairyland. It's not, he, it's going to fall off at some point if they've added, he will not deal with anything that's been added on to, which I find to be really annoying. It is but, annoying. And, and it's what, what's not real is, is my my perception of a house that's been added onto. That's not real. There's nothing wrong with doing that, uh, but it just doesn't work in my brain. You got to have a buy box. I'm a buyer. It's what I do. I buy real estate, man. I'm good at it. And my buy box says if it this this thing's been added onto or got a damn converted garage, it's out. I don't want anything to do with it. Not that it's not a fantastic quality product. It's just one of my things. I don't want. Uh, window units on 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 apartment buildings. Uh, you know, I got little buy boxes. I'm just out. That's it. Um, and 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 somebody else out there is gonna be like, well, Luke's out on the on the on the added on uh, houses. I need to go target those and get because that's that can be my thing. I'm a guy that only buys houses that have been added on to. You know, it just every buyer's different. Um, and my way, Avery's right. It is annoying. There's no reason to not look for properties like that. It's just not for me. We are so far off topic. <laughs> Wildly. <laughs> All of our October should be priced high. Let's go back to that. October. Yes. And make sure you have, and I would say in terms of your calendar and your listing, I would say have photos of the property in all different seasons. So yes. if, if there's, yes, if you're absolutely. in a place where it snows, you want to have winter photos where it snows. Obviously you don't want the winter photos up during summer booking season. You want to change that around. Uh, also fall photos, really important awesome uh, because here. yeah, the, the leaves changing. So fall photos can be really, really, really beautiful and it will impact what you're able to get per night. If you have those photos up at the right times of, of year. Which and I want to I want to say something about leaf season too. Is be aware of the fact that depending on elevation, leaf season will change. You know, it's like everyone's like, oh yeah, October is leaf season, but you know whether it's late September, early October, or late October, early November, or anywhere in between depends on where you are. Um, and I mean, it's always a educated guess. It's not a science anyway. But um, you know leaf season in Western North Carolina in places like Maggie Valley is almost a month ahead of where it is in like Pigeon Forge Gatlinburg because the elevation change is so dramatic. So keep that in mind too. It, leaf season is not the same across the board. Yeah. And we're starting to get a little colder, you know, you know, it's changed a whole lot like climate wise since I was a kid growing up here. So like, you know, it does start getting colder soon and the leaves start falling off. So. All right. Anything else we want to add to the pictures before we move on? Really? I mean, is there anything we've kind of gone over everything in terms of pricing and calendars, anything else that anybody feels like we need to add or that we missed that we need to make sure everybody hears? I don't know. I mean, I think the only other thing that I'd want to emphasize is know your micro market because a place like Western North Carolina, there's, you know, there's a dozen different micro markets within that region. And so not everything is going to be equal. So do a deep dive into your individual market, understand what the local attractions are. Why are people going to Bryson city instead of Waynesville or instead of cashiers? 
you know, it's a totally different type of pe- person who visits a place like Highlands or Cashers as opposed to who is going to Murphy. Um, and so understand that about your, you know, your guest avatar and, um, you know, really do a deep dive and that's going to really help you optimize and, and be ahead of the crowd. Yeah. And ask your agent. I mean, that's, that's like a great source of information right there. You know, that's another emphasis on having the right team and stuff in place. Like, you know, you're going to know all that your agent should know all this stuff. So, which we have no plugging that by the way, Jay, and he will have be happily, happily sell you a house in this market. And, uh, and at the shop, at the shop, we take pride in being the best in the business. So uh, if anybody, anybody wants to get into this, uh, please give us a call. We'd be, we'd be very grateful for your business. Yeah, I was yep. being humble, but yeah, I will, I will help you out and tell you everything you need to know about these little markets. Because Julie's right, we have a ton of little micro markets. I mean, there's like four of them just in Haywood County, like you know, because there's like eight cities packed all in this one little spot. So, yep. And if you guys want to buy with us in Western North Carolina and buy with Jay, he will take you axe throwing. That's his thing. And uh, email us at agents at the shop.com. Or if you just have more questions, you can join our Facebook group. It's called Short-Term Rental, Long-Term Wealth, same as my book. Or you can meet us every Thursday for a live Zoom office hours at strquestions.com. Thanks, y'all.